0: Today is a collection of stories from over the centuries and how the weather affected those ceremonies. Here is a spoiler alert. Total civil unrest will not appear here today. Hi, I'm Chris May, writer, producer, and host of This Day in Weather History, now in its second year from the Weather Network in Canada. I could have started with an older, more historical event, but let's open with a real standout ceremony for a standout president elected at its time and a ridiculously standout weather event that sent it all sideways this day in weather history. Have you ever heard of the January 1961 Nor'easter? Yeah, probably not. Maybe you know it by its other moniker, the Kennedy Inauguration Snowstorm. Yeah, that's the one. How does 8 inches over 20 centimeters of snow sound? That would cancel an outdoor party. That's what was dumped on the eve of John F. Kennedy's presidential inauguration. Kennedy's event took place on January twentieth, nineteen sixty-one. The day in weather history, despite all the complications that were associated with this nor'easter. So, just what happened? The center of the low was scraping up the coast, and by this time, it was just east of the Delmarva Peninsula on the morning of the inauguration. As the system tracked due north, it continued to deepen. By daybreak, new fallen snow coated the nation's capital. Now, it was really not a major news story on any other day, as it was one of the lower totals from the affected areas by the Nor'easter, but it was Inauguration Day for JFK. On the 19th, forecasts looked to show the snow changing to rain before changing back to snow overnight, but that rain part of the changeover plan never happened, and it just stayed as straight snow, no chaser. Although not a massive dumping, this is D.C. after all, and it was in lockdown for the biggest event of the past four years. This all played into huge traffic jams and vehicles that had to be abandoned. Over 1,400 cars were stranded right in the parade route along Pennsylvania Avenue. Soon I'll tell you how that got cleared up, and oh my, it's good. Aside from that, it was a beautiful almost snow globe kind of morning. But the inauguration planners had a decidedly different view of things. Somehow, by an act of will and determination, the DC snow removal crews, with assistance from the Army Corps of Engineers, they got it done. They used front-end loaders, dump trucks, and even a scene from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood where flamethrowers, that's right, flamethrowers, were used to clear snow from Pennsylvania Avenue. Hey, I guess whatever works to ensure a safe parade and ceremony. In the end, Inauguration Day was a relatively sunny day, but cold and blustery at 22 Fahrenheit or minus five Celsius with a brisk 19 mile per hour or 30 kilometer per hour wind, which resulted in a wind chill that made it feel closer to minus 14 Celsius. So while Kennedy's swearing-in ceremony ended up working out, it was not as fortunate for other events in the distant past. Yeah, weather complications have caused more severe impacts on other presidential inaugurations. Welcome to year two of this podcast. Right now, you're listening to the full version of today's story on your favorite podcast provider. But there's also the daily podcast video short. They're shot right here in my podcast recording studio, so you get that perspective. And oftentimes, they will include visuals from that day's event from when it happened in weather history. So after listening to the full story, go check out the podcast video short on television or online anytime at theweathernetwork.com forward slash weatherhistory. In 1841, it was tragic. President William Henry Harrison was not president very long at all thanks to the weather. He was sworn into office on a cold and blustery day. After delivering a long speech, he caught a cold. But that deteriorated fast into full-blown pneumonia. And sadly from that, he died a month later. And believe it or not, sadly 12 years after that, it happened again. In 1853, when President Franklin Pierce was sworn in, his wife, the First Lady Abigail Fillmore, she caught a cold. And that cold developed into pneumonia, and she passed away shortly afterwards from it as well. At some point, was it not suggested that this event just take place indoors? In 1937, no lives were lost thankfully, but the conditions were just as awful. It poured rain during the inauguration of President Franklin Delano Roosevelt's second term. This actually marks the first time the event was held on January 20th, and that tradition has lived ever since. The temperatures dropped enough for the rain to transition over to freezing rain and ice pellets, and that dramatically thinned the crowd for the event. Throughout the day, Roosevelt, however, insisted on still going out and riding in that open car, despite it having a pool of water on the floor. Alright, last one. There's a reason for this. It was in 1985 for President Ronald Reagan's second swearing and that we finally decided enough was enough and we moved the ceremony indoors. This year would definitely have resulted in a lot of sick people from the extremes. The temperature at noon that day was a bone-shaking minus 13.8 degrees Celsius, with the windshield making it feel closer to the minus 23 to minus 29 range. That obviously also cancelled the parade this day in weather history. Tomorrow, back in 1999, 127 tornadoes touched down across the Mississippi River Valley. On that January 21st, the US Storm Prediction Center issued warnings for the states of Arkansas, Tennessee, Louisiana, and Mississippi. It was bad, and we will remember it together. Tomorrow, on this day in weather history, with me, your host, Chris May.